After the nearly 10-year-long Mexican Revolution came to an end, around 1920 officially, Mexico's leaders were keen to peacefully unite the country, but also to teach people the values of the revolution. This led to the launch of Mexico's muralist movement. The launch of the mural movement in Mexico post-revolution is considered to be when the new president, Álvaro Obregón, hired José Vasconcelos as Minister of Education. Vasconcelos was considered a bit of a Renaissance man. He had a something called cosmic vision of the races coming together, creating this new race in Mexico, which is mestizo. He also believed that education should be for everyone. So one of the values of the revolution, one of the things fought for, was free, secular, public education for everybody. So this was a really big effort because in, especially in rural areas, there was only Catholic education and it only went to maybe second grade or so. The teachers often weren't qualified and it focused on religious events and religious holidays. To bring the country together, the Mexican government sought to create a uniform system of public schools throughout the country, open to everyone. And part of the challenge was that there were so many people in Mexico who didn't speak Spanish or read Spanish and very low levels of literacy. And so part of the effort was to create a way to teach people without requiring reading. Vasconcelos believed the Mexican government could teach people through art. This was not necessarily a new idea. If you go to Europe and look at all those murals on the walls of the cathedrals and all the stained glass windows, that's what those are doing. Vasconcelos began a program to hire artists to paint the values of the revolution. They were to paint public murals with nationalistic, social, and political messages on public buildings and in public spaces. He also enrolled cultural missionaries, including artists and educated people, to travel to Mexico's rural areas where indigenous communities lived and share this new vision of Mexico. And I think after any revolution, the country is challenged with how do you bring this country back together? How do you, how do you create a national identity? So I'm Ross Chambliss, and this is Nuevas Fosas, a podcast by Artists de Mexico in Utah, a nonprofit based in Salt Lake City. This is a podcast about Mexican history through the lens of art. This is part 12. In this episode, we're talking about the beginnings of the Mexican muralist movement. The movement lasted for nearly half a century following the Mexican Revolution. It's had a lasting impact on Mexican national identity and it's revealed how powerful public art can be in shaping how people think and feel about a shared culture and history. We'll be talking about a few notable murals and artists from the muralist movement in the next few episodes, so get ready. So now, where were we? To get this massive public art initiative launched, The first projects were commissioned to be painted in Mexico City's prestigious National Preparatory High School. Now it is the Antiguo Colegio de San Ildefonso. A number of artists contribute mural work there, including Ramon Alva de la Canal, Farmin Reveltas, and Fernando Lille. Orozco was one of them. That's Jose Clemente Orozco. We'll be talking more about him later. Uh, Rivera had just come back from Paris. He was one of them. Diego Rivera, one of Mexico's most famous muralists. You've probably heard of him. We'll get to him and some of his most famous works in later episodes. Jean Charlot, who married a nice Mormon girl from Utah, was one of them. (laughs) And then there were various others. 
About this same time, many of these artists formed a group called the Union of Technical Workers, Painters, and Sculptors. Its tenets were art in the service of people. It condemned easel painting as bourgeois. And that was the worst thing you could say about anyone or anything was that it was bourgeois among this group of, of revolutionary artists. It was in favor of monumental public art, and it considered artists to be workers. So artists were paid by the square foot just like plasterers. And they were very proud to be workers, to wear overalls, and they would solicit the input from the common worker because they believed that they were no better than the janitor and that their comments and their input was as important as any other artists. I think muralism is powerful that way because the heroes are the people. That's Fanny Blower. It's a way to reclaim our legitimacy to who we are as Mexicans. One of the so-called big three most famous artists from the muralist movement was Jose Clemente Orozco. We're going to talk about one of his most famous murals dealing directly with the revolution called The Trench because it reflects his own conflicted feelings about the issue. Here's Fanny again. What I find interesting about Orozco in comparison to the other two big uh, muralists as uh, Siqueiros and uh, Rivera is that um, I found it extremely interesting that Orozco did not have faith in, the hu- in humankind. He didn't support the cause of revolution, of the Mexican Revolution. He didn't endorse the figures of the revolution. Um, he believed that the revolution just, blood, just brought bloodshed to the, to the uh, history of Mexico. Apparently, Orozco also believed that there was no room for idealism in his works. Orozco is often overshadowed by Diego Rivera, but in his later years, he was invited to paint frescoes across the world for major institutions, including in the U.S., where he spent a total of 10 years. He accomplished this even as he had overcome poverty. He survived the revolution, and he even lost his left hand in a fireworks injury. You can find images of a number of Orozco's famous works on our website, including The Trench. When I look at The Trench, I definitely see that lack of faith in humankind. What I see here is this three men and one in the form of a almost a crucifixion. And there's a lot of pain and sadness. I don't see anything positive happening in this in this painting. It, it was all about blood and death. What I think about this uh, as I have read uh, Orozco is that uh, so Orozco didn't uh, believe he was not a supporter of the glorifying the pre-Columbian culture and the fact of human sacrifice because he said that corruption and uh, blood, bloody events in the humankind were it was cyclical. It was always happening. And he said in modern life we still do human sacrifice. So this painting makes me think of those who died in honor of the revolution. We need people who died for those causes so we can remind, remember them. Orozco said that he was more interested in painting dead soldiers than creating statues of living soldiers because he wanted to show the ultimate sacrifice the people had made. So that's why he didn't support the idea of uh, glorifying the revolution because he said this is something that it's going to happen always. Humans always fighting for something It's important to note that Orozco had actually fought in the revolution. The same is true for Sigueros. 
Diego Rivera, on the other hand, did not. And Rivera was in Paris. Um, and so I think that often is an explanation as to why the work of Orozco and Siqueiros regarding warfare and the revolution is much more, much darker and more emotionally wrenching. If you look at Rivera's pictures of, well, Rivera did a mural also called The Trenches also. And his soldiers are well fed <laughs> and uh, engaged. You know, they're safe. I think one of them might have, oh, one of them has a little tiny um, wound on his arm. Looks like it's going to require maybe a band aid. Um, and they are, they're protected. The ones in Orozco's, as you were mentioning, Ross, is they're not even standing on their own. I mean, they're collapsing. They're sliding down a trench. I think Orozco, I like I like him the most because his his images are so powerful. When I look at Diego Rivera murals, I'm just happy. I'm um, I learn something. I look at them. I th see a lot of history. I see a lot of um, nice composition. It makes me happy. When I see Orozco's, it makes me want to sleep for 16 hours. And I used to go to a museum in Mexico City that had a lot of his work called um, Museo de Carrillo Gil in San Angel. And I would. I would just go home and sleep for 16 hours because it was so devastating to see. Here's Luis Lopez. Um, just by seeing these two, these two pieces and comparing Diego Rivera's to um, Orozco's, to me the first thing is like the colors. Diego Rivera's are bright. Right. Um, Orozco's are not. They're kind of like opaque, kind of fading. Right. Um, there just there seems to be, as you guys mentioned, like no life in that in that image of uh, Orozco's, the trenches versus Diego's is people full of life and vigor fighting. Right. And so that's just I, yeah, I just by looking at Orozco's, I get that feeling of you know no hope. It's clear that Orozco wanted us to know that people suffered during the revolution. I think he wants people to remember how much people sacrificed for a new government for Mexico, perhaps so that people think twice in the future before engaging in war. Well, we'll be talking more about the muralism movement and what it meant for Mexico in the years after the revolution in the next several episodes. You can see images of Jose Clemente Orozco's mural, The Trench, along with some of his other works on the website and home for this podcast, artismexut.org. Also, as always, please share your own thoughts with us. How does Orozco's portrayal of the revolution in the trench make you feel? What are your impressions of Orozco's work generally? You can let us know by leaving a comment in the section at the bottom of this podcast page on our website. Thanks to Luis Lopez for his Chicano perspective. Thanks to Syriac Alvarez for her dreamer perspective. Thanks to Fanny Blauer for her Mexicana perspective. Thanks to Susan Vogel for her gringa perspective. The music you heard in this episode comes from Calexico, Antonio Pinto, Jorge Negrete, and Elliot Goldenthal. This podcast is made possible by a grant from Utah Humanities. Thanks to KCPW for the studio space. I'm Ross Chambliss. This is Nuevas Voces. <laughs>